Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. We are back. I want you to go ahead. I want you to tell everybody um, about what you told me earlier this week at the gym about what's going on with the the the, the poke and what they're going to do to uh, oh, to, shit, to yeah. Big Donnie. Cause uh, just in case it comes true, I want it to be on. Uh, I want it on to be podcast? on the podcast here. It's it's, it's already going around, so I'm surprised. Uh, I haven't seen anything yet, so I'll let you go for it. Really? All right. Maybe, maybe I'm getting the information. Usually, I get information, you know, that's privy. I shouldn't even say it's privy. It's just it comes from an inside circle of people that I know, just from my past. And uh, so they're going to be coming out. I thought it was out already that basically. Now they're going to turn and say, oh, there's all these uh, vaccine issues, side effects, deaths, and you know whatnot that have come out. And you've seen Fauci bow out. And what they're going to do is there is so much video information on Trump touting to be the father of the vaccine. And, and you know, I hurried everything up to, you know, Operation Warp Speed to get it all out for everybody. That was, that was me pushing FDA. So you're going to start seeing that get pushed really hard. Democrats are going to use that to try to, uh, you know, slam Trump off the, uh, the pulpit. So yeah, it's, it's politicized. I just don't, I just don't see them. I don't see them coming out to the point that they're admitting that there's anything wrong with it. I just, I can't imagine. I, I know you said that, but I think they don't care. I think at this point, I mean, they could say that the sky is purple and they believe that there's a subset of that base that they're going to secure. I mean, just like what what happened this week. Oh, we just bought a bunch of votes. Yeah, people that people that legitimately would vote for a large portion already would have been voting for that party. That's what they're they're they're. I don't know. Maybe they're scared because that the approval rating is absolute shit. Because the real approval rating is technically in the mid twenties right now. 
So maybe they're worried that they're losing some of that and by giving some tuition back. I mean, realistically, free tuition. Realistically, we have to like there there needs to be a spike in covid coming up pretty soon when we get close to the midterms. Right. Because they're going to want to send out they're going to want to send out paper votes to everybody and their brother. And they're going to want to scare people into thinking that they need, you know, the 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 safety patrol in office. So I got to see. I mean, I got to admit or I mean, I got to imagine, you know, probably mid September, we're going to start seeing some some scare tactics again. Yeah, I I, just, I I think they realize that they stretch the COVID out as far as it can. I don't think I could be wrong. I don't think they could pull it again. I hope not. I mean, they you know they were stupid enough to try to trot monkeypox out, and I mean that's be- totally become a joke. So I, I think they got to come up with something else. I mean, Ukraine is working fine. I mean, they just shifted how many billions of dollars last week over to Ukraine again. Yeah. So I don't know. You should have went to college. Quick, I, take a 10K uh, loan out. Oh, can I take it out quick? No, I don't think. I think it's got to be It's got to be past due. Oh, plus I think, uh, was there an income limit too? And I also paid, Um, I paid, yeah, but family is probably fine. Um, I paid for all my school, like out of my pocket. So I would have been shit out of luck anyways. I'm not one of those people that sat and waited for, uh, for it to get forgiven. Oh, <laughs> I wrote yeah. checks. I wrote checks for my school and worked my dick off doing pumping portable toilets for twenty bucks an hour, driving around, oh, sucking really? shit, getting covered Damn. in feces. Oh, yeah, that was that was that was a that was a rough gig. I mean, it's not like it's not a hard job. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta have a stomach for it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I was I'm cleaning out. It was cleaning out a porta potty, and there's you know a wallet that got stuck to the end of my hose or baby diapers or yeah, oh, yeah really? dude, all sorts of nasty shit. I can see baby diapers, but man, a wallet. Well, that's an accident, right? But they're not going to dig down in there and try to get it out. Found oh, cell, I suppose, yeah. Found cell phones in there. A lot of underwear. People really? get, oh yeah, people get, people have an accident and then they just throw their underwear right in the potty. Oh, really? Yep. The stories that, the stories that one porta potty can have. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and, and go into an event that they didn't have enough toilets um, and they're just full, like full, full overflowing, right? Like they just didn't get enough or, you know, the wind came through and you, you'll, you'll have a big windstorm and it'll be like your entire Monday is going and cleaning knocked over <laughs> porta potties. Like Yo, that's it. Man. Yeah. Wow. Pretty good gig. How, how do we get from tuition to basically inspecting shit in the porta potty? Well, I, we're going to go even, we're going to go even crazier. We're well, going to stop for a minute. Let okay. me, let me thank you taxpayers. For the $2,400 in Lawton Minority Grant that I got when I went to college. Oh. On top of the 500 a year Pell Grant that I got when I was in college. So. There you go. See. Thank you, taxpayers. See. Thank you kindly. Um, and Uncle Sam. I think we have to clear up. I, th- I saw some more details on the, uh, on the IRS, 87,000 IRS agents. Okay. Uh, I think we got to clear some of that up because we, you know. We got to go back and admit when we were at fault, only 300 of them will be armed agents that are uh, looking into money laundering, cartel activity, stuff like that. So only 300 out of those 87,000 are going to be armed. Okay. Well, so that's that, good because I didn't believe any of the 87,000 could be armed. Yeah. Because yeah. basically, I think somebody leaked some footage. Yeah. And so it looked like I, a yeah, bunch of kids. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, that's, that's what the, the small arm of the IRS it, that, that does, you know, carry weapons and stuff is because it's because there is a little bit that looks into criminal money laundering, stuff like that. Um, okay. And out of those other 86,000, whatever the number is, six, 700. Yeah. yeah um, a majority is supposed to be going towards customer service because they answer less than 10% of the phone calls and emails that they get. So it's going to, that's, that's what we're hearing. Yeah. And if you're under 440,000, which I think the majority of people that listen to this podcast, including you and I, are under $440,000 in income, we should be okay. We shouldn't be any, there shouldn't be any more scrutinizing. There shouldn't, there shouldn't be any audits. There shouldn't be any extra audits. So what about the uh, Venmo uh, auditing? Are they going to squeeze anything out of that? I mean, so with the Venmo stuff, I think that everybody here, I think we need to tell everybody here too, if you haven't heard about it. Um Basically, if, if you're a small business or you're a business and you send somebody or pay someone more than $600, you have to file um, that you paid them that money. And that, that's sort of how the government like tracks it, right? Well, now they're implementing that um, Venmo 
and PayPal and all these online money sending services are going to start submitting your total amount that you've been paid out or total amount that you've been sent, total amount that you you have sent out, and they're going to submit that to the IRS. So if you are being reimbursed for something from someone, you need to make sure that they are putting reimbursement in the memo line of it. Because that way, if you ever do get audited and they're like, you got $2,000 that you didn't claim on your income tax, you can say, look at the memos on that. That was $2,000 worth of me, you know, going out with and buying drinks with my friends. And my friends sent me that money, you know, $100 at a time. Or I paid for, a, you know, a big gift and my brother yeah. reimbursed me 500 of that via Venmo. Mm-hmm. So if you're putting if, if they're putting things like that in the memo line, then you are safe from having to pay tax on that inf- on that money. Man, that's still. Or use Bitcoin. Oh, no, don't go into getting Bitcoin right now. I mean, you don't have to like hold Bitcoin. You know that, right? Like right. if I want to send you $100 right now, I can just buy $100 in Bitcoin and send it to you quick. Yeah. And like we don't have to worry about it because unless we're using one of the woke, you know, Coinbase apps, it's it's and not untraceable, but there's no. Is crypto woke? Is crypto no, but Coinbase is is uh publicly traded. So they're gonna follow every SEC oh, guideline yeah. that's put in place. So you just gotta kinda be Yeah. I started on Coinbase and I think I'm on crypto.com. Gotcha. And I don't you know you could buy you know, you could buy from any place and just hold it in a different wallet and use your a different wallet to send it. It's you yeah, know, there's one place that you can acquire your your coins, and then there's another place that you can do whatever you want with them. And it's it, it's a interesting sure. whole situation with crypto. They're saying Bitcoin's coming back. I'm not saying Bitcoin's coming back. <laughs> I that that whole thing seemed like an inflated Ponzi scheme to me, anyways, which is a lot of what's going on with you know small cap stocks in the stock market that I see. You know, we we rode the the donk stocks, the GameStop, and the what else was there? Kodak, and Marcus Theaters, and all these different you know stonk yeah. they call them stonks, right? And yeah. those were all they're all falsely inflated, which I'm I'd say seventy percent convinced that the majority of the market is falsely inflated right now. Um. I think that we have some scary times ahead of us because I see what's happening with people's spending. I see what's happening with the workforce. I see what's happening. You know, I think people are really spending that much right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I see that they're not spending that much. Oh, they're not. Okay. Yeah, that's what. And that's what. Yeah, that's what. That's where the problem is going to come in. So um, the funny. So have you ever heard the. Have you ever heard the quote, like, don't trust a man to tell you the truth if his income relies on telling you a lie? Yeah. So that's not going to work for me here today because I pay all my bills and feed my family with the alcohol industry. And we're going to talk about alcohol today and not all of it's going to be good. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is, is I sell some I sell some cheap products and the amount of cheap products in the last three weeks that I put on the shelf has drastically gone up. Now, it could just be hopefully it's because people are saving money because the holidays are coming and because school's going back. That's what I'm that's that's uh, the best scenario. Yeah. The worst scenario is people are legitimately out of money. Um, one of my stores said the other day they're getting more like credit card declined max um, over the limit because yeah. it says like why it gets declined on the backside of the credit card reader on some of them. Yeah. And they're, they've gotten more of those than they've ever gotten before. Um, so. Nervously that we could be heading towards something a little a little scary coming down the line as yeah. far as the stock market goes, as far as um, just the entire economy of the United States, because. Our economy is isn't based on production anymore. It's a retail and um basically you know virtual economy yeah and that doesn't necessarily come back as well as a production society does or a production economy does you know yeah 
No, the, uh, I mean, I can speak from the global market side and right now the cost of containers have gone down quite a bit. And they're telling me now that it's, it's going to be through next year that the costs are down, which is something that we didn't expect because we thought that, well, retail season's coming up because you got Black Friday, the Christmas, and believe it or not, the, actually the, the highest retail marketing week for manufacturers is beginning of the year. Obviously, taxes, everybody gets those back, and then everybody's motivated with resolutions. So um, they're saying that it's so soft right now that there's so much inventory now in the U.S. that everybody thought they were going to run out of. Now they're going to be using that inventory into this holiday season. So there's, uh, yeah, people are not buying. So it fits in with what you said. Yeah. Um, so alcohol, we all enjoy a beverage here or there, right? Here or there for me. Here or there for, well, you, you're Asian. So we'll get into the Asian. I didn't realize that, but now I, we'll, we'll get into the Asian flush and what the cause is on yeah. that. But, um, <laughs> If you guys have listened to the um, Huberman Lab podcast, a lot of the second half of this episode is going to be um, just information from the same sources as he's had. And he's a much more eloquent scientific speaker than I am. So if you um, kind of enjoy that type of, of conversation more, that might be a better spot to pick up. Um, I'm going to kind of dumb it down and put it in our our ape language here for a lot of the stuff because it's it is he he does get pretty damn deep but to start out scientific yeah but but to start out like let's just talk about like what alcohol is right because there's all different kinds of alcohol where did alcohol come from and originally alcohol is literally just a byproduct of yeast eating sugar so byproducts uh yeast natural yeast in the you know hundreds of thousands of years ago would eat sugar in a a ripe fruit and then it would piss out alcohol and exhale carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide. Which one's the bad one for you? Monoxide's bad for you. So carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide, same as us, right? Yep. And uh, so originally that was, that was the original form of alcohol. Think about us as hunter gatherers. Think about animals walking around. You have a bunch of fruit that was overripe, fell off the tree yeast got in there and started to eat that and it it became alcoholic. Well, then we kind of through, you know, probably generation after generation figured out how to start producing alcohol. And the first produced alcohol was somewhere around um, the first century. It was Chinese and it was basically a a rice wine. Um, So we started making a sugar mash from whatever plants were prevalent in those areas. So in the Indonesian islands and the Caribbean islands, it was sugarcane. So it was sugarcane, which now, you know, hundreds of thousands or thousands of years later is rum in Africa. It was, a, I think a goji berry, maybe something goji like that. Berry. Well, that sounds healthy. Um, yeah. Right. In Asia, it was rice in Scotland. It was malted barley. Um, in all these different places, the original product was from whatever their, their plethora of grain or plethora of sugar was right in Italy. It was wine because grapes grew everywhere. And so wine and beer are just fermented beverages. So this is literally like whatever your, whatever your sugar source is, is mashed up. Either natural yeast is brought in, depending on the production method, like in in tequila, it's um, some of them use natural yeast. Some of them have an exact yeast strain. The yeast has a lot to do with the flavor that you're going to get on the back end. So if you think of the, the two main products that go in, it's your sugar source. So like for wine, for example, it's a you know, it's a grape. So a Cabernet grape has a very specific flavor. No. And then it's your yeast because your yeast is what is producing the alcohol. It's eating the sugar and producing the alcohol. So like there are yeast um, vaults around the world that keep strains of all of these yeasts for, you know, thousands of dollars a year for all these big alcohol companies, because a lot of these alcohol companies, their proprietary yeast strain is what makes that product taste like that product. So like if we lost the yeast strain that makes Heineken Heineken, we would never have a Heineken again. And so 
the yeast eats the sugar and it makes alcohol. Well, alcohol, there's different types of alcohol. There's isopropyl alcohol. There's another one and there's ethanol. This is ethanol. The alcohol that we consume is ethanol. So when ethanol gets to a certain level, the yeast actually dies because alcohol is a poison. So there's really hardy yeasts that can hold up to like 14, 15, 16% alcohol. So those would be like super high alcohol wines or some super high alcohol beers. Um, those yeasts are, are, are crazy and have been genetically modified or, or, or chosen to, to, to keep these high alcohol levels. Whereas throughout the majority of history, um, it has just been natural yeasts, which natural yeasts really tend to die out two, three, four, five percent. Um, some wine yeasts are seven, eight, nine, ten percent, but somewhere between two and like ten percent is where the alcohol level has been for the majority of our evolution. So that's wine and beer. That's that is how and everything else after that has to be made from wine and beer. So like fortified wines are wine that then is is alcohol is added to to bring up the alcohol level to stop the fermentation. So there's still a ton of sugars left. That's why fortified wines are sweet. Um, But then somewhere, I think like 700 ish uh, humans figured out distillation. So what distillation is, is first there is a base fermented alcoholic product. So you call it a, a lot of people call it a distiller's beer, but you can do this with wine too. Um, so like, let's use Jack Daniels, for example, the barley, the corn, the mash is brought in and it is fermented. It is fermented and the temperature is kept cooler because if it gets too hot, because that's also a byproduct, heat is a byproduct too. Um, the, the yeast will die. So it's kept at a, it's kept cool and the yeast eat all the sugar up and it gets to a certain level and the yeast die off. Okay. And then we distill it. So what distillation is, is it is heated to a level under boiling. So alcohol is a, um, I can't think of the correct word. It evaporates a lot lower temperature than water does. So it's heated up. It evaporates into the air. The alcohol vapors in the air go up through a, some sort of, of tube or um, in a still, there's still plates. And then these plates kind of catch the alcohol. Like if you think about condensation on the outside of a soda can, yeah, the outside of the soda can or in a in a uh, in a still, it's it's a you know cooled metal area or um, the this neck on the top of a pot still. You see, it's kind of a gooseneck, and that then that alcohol vapor turns back into liquid, and then it is poured off on the backside. So hmm. the mash. The um, all of the solids, the yeasts, the water that all stays in the still um, in different types of stills. You have to actually stop every time you make a batch and clean them out like that's a pot still. When you see pot still method on, on an alcohol bottle. Yeah, it's, it's that some column stills just run continuously and that stuff is just pumped out the backside. Um, so after that happens, the first alcohols that come off, like the super, super volatile stuff. Um, that's called the heads. So those are considered, if you think of, if you think of a snake as a head and a tail, right? I guess a snake is all kind of tail, but the heads are the first part. Those are not good for, for consumption. They're, they have a lot of, um, the extra shit that gives you hangovers. I can't remember what the name of that is, but they're just not good. So you cut off the heads, you take the middle sweet spot. That's like the really good alcohol and then the tails. So that would be towards the end when it's like all the good alcohol is gone. It's just really just kind of some minuscule, nasty shit that's coming off. Um, most distilled products like whiskeys and stuff like that are all distilled to somewhere around like 120 to 135 proof. So that'd be 60 to like 70 percent alcohol. Mm. Yeah. So there's still some water left in there. There's still some, uh, some flavonoids and a bunch of extra stuff in there. And that's why like white whiskey has a lot more flavor than vodka because vodka to be called vodka legally has to be distilled to 190 proof. So 95% alcohol, it has to be distilled to 95%. If you go any higher than that, it turns into like an extremely deadly poison, but it has to be distilled to 190 proof. And then it gets watered back down 
to 40 per, 40% or 80 proof or whatever your vodka percentage is. Hmm. Well, we went from consuming 4%, you know, light beers basically and light wines to this super high octane distilled spirit. And when we that originally happened that um that they were just used for medicinal purposes. They were used for a little bit of sacramental stuff and some religious rituals and stuff like that, but it wasn't like a commonly consumed beverage. So, um, but like just a quick, quick education. So rum is from sugar cane, mostly, um, gin is mostly from a, like a, a, a base neutral grain spirit. So it could be corn, barley. It's, Similar to vodka, vodka can come from anything, but gin, all the flavonoids in gin come from a basket where they fill it with all these botanicals. And that could either be in the still or it could be actually mixed in with the uh, with the alcohol. And that's where it gets a lot of those flavors. That's why gin is so botanically rich. And there's some gins that are super junipery. That's what gives you the pine needle taste. And so is whiskey the barrel then? So whiskey is a white um so what whiskey is is whiskey is basically like under distilled vodka whiskey would be depending on where it's from a combination of malted barley corn rye grain wheat some other little they have, you can mix in some other little ones but those four basically make up make up a majority of what whiskey is yeah but whiskey is only distilled to 120 to 140 50 ish proof um so divide proof by 50% and that's the alcohol percentage so if it's 120 proof it's 60% oh. alcohol and then that means the other 40% is water and flavonoids and a lot of other stuff right then it gets put in a barrel and aged there is white whiskey that's unaged but all brown whiskeys are should be aged unless they're really cheap shit then they add like food coloring but um the barrel has a char level so the inside of the barrel is charred with basically a giant flame sometimes toasted with a toaster yeah and then that makes the inside of the barrel charcoal and the charcoal gives it the flavor, the wood gives it flavor, and the charcoal also finds out, you know, f- finds is the, is the terminology, but um, kind of filters out because charcoal is a really good filter, filters out some of the bad stuff and it smooths out the whiskey. So if you were to drink oh. like, if you were to drink like white Jack Daniels and aged Jack Daniels, there's a big difference there. Yeah. They also go through a charcoal mellowing process. So they actually pour that through a big vat like a four foot vat of charcoal um, that smooths hmm. it out even more. Damn. Being a whiskey fan, uh, that's kind of like. And so each one of those barrels. Smooth. Yeah. And so each one of those barrels in bourbon has to be a brand new barrel. Those yep. barrels are about 800 bucks. Really? So that's why whiskey, plus you have to pay tax on it every year that you age it. So like a 10 year aged whiskey, they're paying tax on that product every single year. They're paying $800 for a barrel that they can never use in that product again because it has to be brand new every time. Well, so that's why whiskey costs more because it's, it's yeah. a mu- much more goes into it. Yeah, but I buy it for my smoker. I buy the old uh, barrel well, so chips. The thing is, is that's just bourbon. Now we can go ahead and use those barrels again in scotch, in American whiskey, like all these other things can then use those barrels oh. again. There's fireball. Do they even put that in a barrel? No, <laughs> Stuff no, is definitely not. Disgusting, man. There is bourbon barrel aged wines. So like those barrels are used again. Just they cannot be used in bourbon ever again. Oh, okay. bourbon has to be a new oak barrel. Um, Dang. So that covers pretty much alcohol, you know, high spotting what alcohol is. Um, now, alcohol has some benefits. They are, I'm not going to say few and far between, but they, but they are benefits that come with a cost. And the cost 
arguably is much more than the benefit, but they do have a benefit. Like a benefit not, to the human body or a, just a benefit as a use product. A benefit as a use product, not okay. a benefit to the human body. You'll hear people talk about resveratrol in wine, but to be realistic, the amount of wine you would have to drink to get enough resveratrol for it to be positive for your body, you'd be hungover every uh, day. That's why, that's why they're telling you that. Yeah. So what alcohol does when you consume it is it basically turns off the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is what develops from the time you are, you know, 16, 17, 18 is when it starts getting, you know, more developed. And then like 25 to 27, when you kind of really become an adult, that's when your prefrontal cortex is finally like fully developed. So the prefrontal cortex is responsible. Well, the, the, the neocortex, which is the whole thing, the prefrontal is just the, the area of the front, but the cortex is responsible for things like sensory protect perception, spatial reasoning, conscious thought, um, motor commands, some memory, your social and emotional processing. Like a lot of this stuff comes from that neocortex area. Your prefrontal cortex is kind of like, for the lack of a better explanation, it is what was responsible for the difference in the mentality of a responsible adult and a fun loving child yeah but haberman's saying that this effect comes from just what we would probably consider maybe moderated drinking so that's that's where science has known for a long time that habitual drinking so what what are we talking 12 to 24 drinks a week so that would be like two drinks a day or 12 to 24, you know, 12 drinks on a Friday or 12 on Friday, 12 on Saturday. So this, this would be considered averaging out to be habitual. Yeah. We have known that that has a problem. What Huberman is saying is that seven to 14, that like, you know, one drink a day or two drinks a day or one night out on a Friday shows these same negative things just a little bit less of the negatives but it is still negative yeah and so that's kind of the arguable point here i think like from what from how he explains it is science is science is known for a long time that two to three drinks a night or you know 12 to 24 36 drinks a week ruins um gray matter it damages the prefrontal cortex it damages the neocortex it shows um decreasing activity over time in all of these areas so they've known that where he really comes in and kind of says hey you guys need to at least think about this is two drinks a night or just drinks on friday saturday can cause these same damaging issues yeah, didn't he say it was like stripping the the um, prefrontal cortex, stripping layers off? It, it is so the the gray it reduces the amount of gray matter, and gray matter gray matter is kind of responsible for like our conscious thought. Yeah, and so it makes us one big thing is it makes you really habitual. Um, which if you have great habits and everything you do is positive, then being habitual is not negative. Right. You're just you're habitual. True. You're going to fall back on your True. you're going to fall back on your habits. But how many people that have two drinks, three drinks a night, five days a week have a bunch of really, really good habits? Yeah, you got a strong point. So that's where that's where I start seeing the damage is when somebody's like, I just don't have the willpower to eat healthy or I just don't have the willpower to work out. Well, the willpower is coming from conscious thought, which is coming from that prefrontal cortex. If that's not operating at its best and you are falling back on bad habits, then there's your problem. Yeah. Right? Like if you're trying oh, yeah. to create new habits, you can't be habitual 
and your old habits, or you can't keep doing the same shit that has gotten you to where you were at. <laughs> but that's where that's what is going to be pushed for. Yeah. But that's where a majority of the quote excuses come from. Yes. So now I here is my here's my caveat, right? By turning off that prefrontal cortex, which is basically what alcohol is doing. That's why people, you know, that's why when you're at a party and the drinks start flowing, everything gets a little louder and inhibitions kind of go away. People say things that they want to say that they haven't necessarily that they would be nervous to say or wouldn't say. Um, one of the reason uh, one of the reasoning parts of the brain where you like. I could say it this way or I could say it that way. Right. And you think about like which way is going to come out better, which way is going to make the other person uh, feel better or understand what I'm saying better. That goes away. So you're just saying what is on your head. Boop, boom, 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 boom. And we all know this. These are things that we know, but we don't think about why they're happening. They're happening because your body is being poisoned. So we drink ethanol. That's the alcohol that we drink. Here's where the Asian flush part comes in. We drink ethanol. Ethanol is turned to acetaldehyde by a uh, mechanism in our body. Everybody, especially Eastern Asian people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Chinese people. Yeah. Everybody does that. Your body is extremely efficient at that. So you take ethanol and you turn it into acetaldehyde. Stat. Okay. And then the next step there, because acetaldehyde is still poison, is our body turns the acetaldehyde into acetate. Acetate is a empty form of energy. So acetate is a calorie, basically, right? So acetate's also a hellish, toxic uh, chemical. No, that might not be the right word. I might be using the wrong word. Where is it in my notes? Maybe it's acetate, not acetate. Okay, because acetate's like a freaking strip. Acetate, A C E T E, I believe. Acetate, not acetate. Um, so that is the energy rush. That's when you have a drink and you're super like excited and ready to go. So the thing here is the odd part is is people that are um more biologically prone to be alcoholics that system works extremely efficient and they get a bunch of extra energy from it and they feel better from alcohol um and so their body gets more of the dopamine the epinephrine the neuroepinephrine because at the end we're all we're all chemically based the chemicals are what make us happy and what make us sad so they get more of the good chemicals from this. So then they're drawn back to it, right? Like if you think about oh, a yeah. mouse in a maze, they're drawn back to the alcohol a lot more. Now, what the Asian flush is, is from that acetaldehyde, the um, enzyme that your body creates to turn that into acid, the, the energy is not created or barely created, created very small in your body. So. You create some because you don't just instantly get sick when you drink. Right. So there's people that don't create any. And they get sick, like they'll have a drink and about 20 minutes in or 15 minutes in when I would start to kind of feel a little buzz, they start to feel sick. Hmm. So there's people that create none of this enzyme. You create some, just not enough. So you get flushed. It's basically like lightly poisoning your body. Yeah, I get flushed and my heart rate goes up yep. to a point where if I put a little more in, I can hear my heart beating through my freaking between my ears. Because it's probably like a it's it's like a fight or flight boom, boom. mechanism, right? Like your yeah. body is saying, hey, bro, you're poisoned. Like we're going to we're going to we're going to pump a ton more blood yeah. to try to get this out but, of your but system. Some drinks faster. I don't. If I have a high noon. I'm like, well, that's because that's only four point five percent alcohol. So you would have to drink if you think about how much alcohol that is, You if you had four of them. In the same speed, in the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's like lower alcohol beverages are oh, they then. spread that pro- they spread that out longer. Okay. And is there a difference between like if I have Bud Light, I'm I'm okay. Well, Bud Light's like three percent alcohol. <laughs> if I have a Miller Light, 
a freaking turn into a, you know, freaking cherry. Well, that might have to be because Bud Light's rice beer. Yeah. Or have you ever heard the studies that they've done on um on allergies, food allergies? Yeah, that's what I always thought it was. I don't know. So they've done studies on food allergies where they tell people that are allergic to something that it is in an item that they're eating, but they're testing them and they show a full allergic reaction, hives and everything. And it's not actually in the food. So their 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 mind creates a allergic reaction to something that's not in their body. Yes, so they've shown this and then they've shown it the other way where they tell them that what they're trying does not have the thing in it that they're allergic to, but it does. And then they don't get an allergic reaction. So, so the mind think, is extremely so powerful. Yeah, the mind is telling me that so, oh, there's weed in this. I'm saying that's I'm I'm just putting that out there as a possibility. Yeah. You know that Bud Light is a rice beer. Yeah. And so you're like, oh yeah, that's fine. So you your mind is actually creating the more flush from a Miller Light versus a Bud Light. Yeah, I have to test that out. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you would even test it because you you already know it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's somebody my, my next time you're next time you're having a beer with Martin, don't tell him and replace Switch all the out. beer inside a Bud Light with Miller Light, <laughs> and then we'll te- we'll we'll test it. Oh no, that explains a lot because it's the thing is I've never gotten happy with alcohol. I've just gotten either the heart will start beating and I'll just get this like angry mode. Yeah, so I mean, it makes sense why you don't drink, right? Because it it doesn't give you the positive feel good vibes you don't you don't get the happy chemicals you don't get the surge of energy um you don't get the well you you also might maybe be your base might be more angry than the average person so all it does is kind oh, of put yeah, your, i get more aggressive yeah 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 um the base your base your 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 base your zero point your starting point <laughs> just an we'll angry say. person not negative just maybe <laughs> a little more aggressive um so one thing to think about here too that I want to make sure we get all of this shit in here yeah. is two drinks at night make it so that your brain never goes into deep sleep. Really? Yes. Damn. So if you're having a simple two drinks with dinner, one drink with dinner, one drink after dinner just to just to uh, what what do people what do they say? Just to just to get rid of the day, just to forget about the day, right? Or just yeah. to just to lighten the mood, just to make me, you know, oh, yeah, right? less anxious, less I've anxious. All right, so I got the anxiety up here. Let me get yeah, back Haberman's to the anxiety. Point on it. Yeah. Let me get back to the anxiety thing because there's a part of anxiety that like it it's it's a totally like it's a f- fucking bring it back around a whole big circle. But so you're having two drinks, right? Then you're you go to sleep. You you're asleep for six hours like you think it's fine, but you're exhausted the next day. You need an energy drink or a coffee, right? Because you're beat. Your brain never went into that deep part of restorative restorative sleep where you create where, where it cements your memories, where it restores your brain, where it brings everything back to a to a, a, a ready point for the day. Wow. And then that makes you more stressed. Being tired ruins willpower. Okay. Yeah. So we go back to more habits, more negative habits. Um, we have a stressful day because we're stressed because we're tired. And then we get home and we want to just enjoy our two or three hours before we go to bed. So we have another few drinks. Yeah. Damn. And then we get shitty sleep again. Oh, damn, man. They need the happy hours. Tack that on. Yeah. People are stressed out after work. They got to stop for a couple of their unhappy hour. Holy shit, man. Wow. So anxiety, the feeling of being anxious comes from an overactive prefrontal cortex. Overactive? I'm going to say overactive. Um, 
because where I think anxiety comes from is I think, and this is, I'm not a fucking scientist. Like I read a lot of this shit, but I, I, I don't, Very cool. I don't have any, I don't have any, any hard data on this, but throughout evolution, we had to worry about staying alive, right? We had to worry about, it. we had to worry about how we were going to get food. Yeah. Where were we going to get water? Were we going to get attacked while we were trying to hunt? We had to look around all around because there's shit that wants to kill us everywhere. So we were constantly on this minor level of alertness, right? And we're just, we're, we're, we're battling to stay alive every day. We're battling to keep our kids alive. We don't deal with that anymore. We live a really fucking cushy life. <laughs> like we create our own anxiety. Right. And so I, I want to do another podcast here coming up pretty soon on AI because I've been watching some crazy videos about AI, but one of the biggest companies that's at the forefront of AI, the, the CEO is talking on one of these videos and everything he says is we're going to create an, a world of abundance. We're going to create an abundant world. AI is going to bring us to a world of abundance. And it's like, you fucking idiot. That is not. What is going to create happiness in people? You're just going to create more fucked up people. Yeah. But so to bring it back to anxiety, I think anxiety is our brain being overactive because we're not scaring it enough. We're not, we're not challenging it enough. We are not beating the fuck out of ourselves enough. Right. And I, it can't be, it has to be this. This battle, right? Whether it is a hard challenge, it is climbing a mountain, it is writing a book, it is getting out of your comfort zone and and doing a podcast, or it's going out and talking to people and and really listening to what they have to say and trying to figure out how to help them. Whatever, whatever your battle is, going to the gym, right? It's getting under some weights and really, you know, really physically challenging yourself. Yeah. No, I mean, this is this week. I mean, I run into so many people that it's such a hard, it's such a hard task. It's such a, have such a hard time getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I mean, it's sad that the level that it is, it's like level one uncomfortability. People will get anxiety the minute they hit anything like that. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really making sense because a lot of these people, the minute that they run into any type of stress, they're like, oh, I need a drink or, you know, yeah, I got to end my day and, you know, I have a couple of drinks. So it's it's kind of funny how we're talking about this because I, gosh, I can off the top of my head, seven or eight people that have the exact same, they have habits. They're just not good habits. That allows them to, they make it, give them an excuse to not do any of those good habits. The other big, big thing that alcohol does, and not, it does this in the short term while you are drinking, but it also rewires the brain to do this even when you're not drunk. It, it, it makes you more impulsive. Alcohol does? Yes. Oh. So grabbing the cookie when you walk into the gas station. Um, gambling impulsive behaviors, right? Like we can, we could list a million impulsive control eating. Yeah. We could list a million impulsive mm. behaviors, but it not only does it when you're drinking, but regular drinking causes rewiring of the brain slowly over time for you to actually be a more impulsive person. Impulsive, but not taking risks. Correct. I mean, in, is impulsive inherently risk mean risky? No. Depends how you define but it. But yeah. being impulsive, being impulsive can be risky. Right? But your risk tolerance is so totally separate from your impulsivity. Okay, so if I'm getting it, I mean a, ne- a negative impulsive would be, yeah, you're impulsive, but that's gonna bring upon some negative consequences down the road. But Impulsive could mean going out of your way to talk to like there, there is negative and positive is only situational. So right. impulsive is impulsive, whether it's good or bad. Impulsive could still be good. 
It's just, I think an impulsive behavior is more than likely in the world we live in today going to take you down negative roads. Right. Where I'm thinking impulsive is, you know, being able to take a risk. No, wrong definition of impulsive. I don't think there is a definition of impulsive that would be just going, being able to take a risk. Like deciding, hey, I'm going to I'm going to jump out of an airplane today. Well, okay, that's a good risk, but impulsively jumping out of an airplane without preparation would be would have. Yeah, that would be acting or done without forethought is impulsive. Yes. Definition without forethought. So totally separate from risk. Okay, Because I know a lot of comfortable people that are impulsive on their negative behaviors as long as it's within their. It's feeding their comfort zone. So they have a low risk tolerance and high impulsivity. Yeah. Because somebody, somebody that has a high risk tolerance, impulsive would be even be more dangerous. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that. Most people I think that, that I, I mean, run that, to are right, low like risk. In theory, in theory, that's like, that's the people that you know that will literally just like, hey, you want to go jump out of an airplane? Yeah, I'll go do it. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's not many of those that I know, but. Lately, it's just surrounded by these uh, these low risks. It's just they they want to fall back to their old impulsive habits because they're comfortable with it. So alcohol, if you believe in the theory of evolution, alcohol has to have some sort of a benefit. Or it would not still be here. We would have we would have we would have likely found our bodies would have likely developed because it is so negative. It, it, it does damage us so much that it would have arguably been um, mutated out of us. Okay. So where the benefits and this is an argue, this is a, this is a moldable idea, right? But as far as what I can see is the benefits is by turning off that prefrontal cortex periodically, it gives us, less inhibitions and we can be more true periodically and that's good periodically i want to say that periodically yes periodically okay. it would be good because it would it would cr- probably create stronger group cohesion okay let me be let me play paul for a minute okay. here i'm playing devil's advocate yep so instead of using a, a chemical drug or fix wouldn't it be better if somebody trained or took the time to create an openness of themselves so that there's less inhibitions, but naturally? So I have a Buddhist story for you. Oh, boy. As an explanation to your question. All right. Okay. So there was a practicing Buddhist monk, and he meditated on the idea of levitation. Okay. And he meditated on the idea of levitation for years and years and years. And he meditated on so long that he got to the point that he could levitate. Okay. And he levitated across the water to where the Buddha lived. And he was so proud to tell the Buddha that he had, he had, he had spent years of his life to get to the point where he could levitate over there. And the Buddha said, but the fairy is only 10 cents. So seeing the alcohol is the 10 cents here versus training yourself to naturally be open. I believe the idea is that it could be an and scenario, not an either or scenario. I, after reading this, we'll be dead honest with you. I haven't had a drink after doing the research on this podcast. Are you serious? Dead serious. We <laughs> well, went like out you with said, friends. This is your livelihood. We went out with friends. Yeah. And my wife has the greatest comeback when people ask why you're not drinking. And I'm, I'm totally stealing it from her and, and I'm using it because it's really hard to tell people why you're not drinking. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe because it's I'm sure after telling people a few times, it's fine. Like they'll never question you on it. But like the first time that you're with people and they're like, you want to drink? And I'm like, I'm not drinking right now. Right. It's like alcohol is the only drug that by not doing it, people ask you if you have a problem. Well, you give that one and I'll tell you my life experience story here. Okay, so she goes, 
it just doesn't align with my goals right now. It's a good answer. It's a great one. Yeah. And so that's the one I gave this week. You know, we went out with friends and you want to drink? I was like, no, I'm just going to have a ginger ale. It doesn't align with my alcohol. Right. doesn't align with my goals that I'm working towards right now. Well, and what was the replies you got back? Nothing. Really? He didn't even have a drink. We, we, I drank a ginger ale and he drank a, you know, fruit water or something. Well, huh. That's good. I mean, my history, I mean, the last probably decade or so I've decided ever since I became, uh, you know, a president and COO, I decided not to drink alcohol even during business dinners, not even having like a a pre-dinner drink. And people would automatically assume that it's, oh, well, that's why you're, you're so buff. You know, right away, that's automatically what they assume. And that's what it came to be in the industry is like, well, he, do, he drinks water because, you know, look, look at him. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't follow suit. Yeah. But yeah, I'll have to remember that. What was that again? As the, uh, it doesn't align with my, with my goals right now. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's a good one. I got to thank her for that when I get home. Um, where are we going with that? Oh, so, so the benefits, right? The, the societal benefit, not societal, individual benefits of alcohol. It helps. It does help creativity because if you think about how creative your child is and how creative you are, right? So the develop something with the development of that prefrontal cortex that makes you a responsible adult hinders your creativity. Something there. I don't know how it is. I don't know what happens, but at some point in time, the creativity is hindered in, in your brain. So if you're a graphic designer, you should be a alcoholic. I mean, all comedians <laughs> are alcoholics. Oh, all right. I think graphic Robin designing Williams. is a I think graphic designing is a little less creativity and more knowledge of the art, right? Like there's definitely creativity yeah. in graphic design, but there's a lot of the knowledge of the art. Yeah. But the, does Bill Burr, I think Bill Burr's, uh, I think he's dry. I don't know. You're going to make me look this up while we're on the oh, podcast. Oh, because you're, uh, you're curious, aren't you? Dry. Bill Burr drinking. Burn. Bill Burn. Stop drinking alcohol in 2018. 2018. There you go. This wasn't difficult. All I needed to go was about 10 days of not doing something and I can walk away from it. There you go. Dumbest thing I did was brought booze home. Has he been has he been funny since 2018? Yeah, he's been like rocking it. Well, that's good. I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like it's like one of those, it's like uh like artists, right? Like there's, there's a fucked up thing that happens in artist's brain and I have no idea what it is, but like art, the part of your brain that makes art is totally different than like the normal brain. Yeah. That's probably why they don't make money until after they're dead because they drank themselves to death. Whatever, whatever it is that makes them <laughs> artists, right? Like how many musicians was talking about this the other day, how many musicians are totally screwed up, fucked up, right? Like whatever happened to them just totally ruined them and they make amazing music and then they like get clean or they get dry or they find Jesus or they find love and their music just fucking sucks. Like, Oh, you lost it. You lost it. Yeah. Right. Like good. Good for you. You are making a better life for yourself, but now your art sucks. Sorry. Yeah. I think that'll be Duff Leopard. Right. We talked about it with my wife. I don't know if you like country or not, but like, like Brantley Gilbert, I don't know who that okay, is. Okay, so he's like this kind yeah, of rock. He's, tractor, ro- dude? he's rock country. No, oh, okay. he's like rock country or or. That's Toby Keith. Dude. Yeah, so he's he's rock country. Like he was his his rock country. Yeah, his drummer has like a like a a mohawk. He tours with uh, Five Finger Death Punch. Like, I don't know. He's rock and country don't work. Yeah, they do. They like do. Country Trust and music me. to me doesn't even go together. It, well, you just you'd have to listen to him a little bit. Like <laughs> okay. it's the be- rock country is the best way to describe it. But anyways, so. His first album sucked because it was it was his first second album. Great. Like it, it's gritty. It's dirty. He's like angry in it. It's like a great album. And then he fell in love and it's music went to absolute trash. It was wow. awful. Like my wife loved it, but I'm like, I'm not fucking having this. Wow. And now he's got he, he's he's broke up with that girl. And now he's back with his original college, you know, high school sweetheart. And now the art is kind of coming back. I've heard some of his songs, some of his more recent stuff, and it's a little bit better. Yeah. Like I said, he's touring a five finger death punch coming up. Like it's a little bit, he's got a little bit more to it, but it just, True. that's an example, right? Like 
there's something with art like art comes from pain yeah or in, in the case like Def Leppard where you know I'm, I'm using them because they're my my favorite hair band in the world okay. so even more than Steel Panther <laughs> Steel Panther's in a league all their own completely <laughs> that's yeah, we're not are. even talking about that category so yeah Def Leppard I mean they made a ton of rocking albums I mean party albums or you know you got everything in their music and all of a sudden I think it was after even right before slang was you know they they were cleaned up you know got families and everything all of a sudden their music was just it's like they were trying too hard to produce albums and they just keep producing the same old songs or trying to like it almost sounds like the same song but they just tweak it a little bit yep. and then the lyrics are horrible yep where the guys that are in pain and drinking, all of a sudden you get these magnificent lyrics. I mean, think about uh, what Pearl Jam or Jimi Hendrix. Oh yeah, Hendrix was yeah. Think about Hendrix. Think about that opening riff to. Uh, but that was more than just dude, drinking. It was he totally was more just, than just drinking, but still, like, dude, when when a guitar, just a guitar riff opening a song can give you tingles on your skin. Yeah. Like that's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. No, that's true. Or even like uh, Creed, the guy was like rolling out all kinds of lyrics and songs. Then all of a sudden he cleaned up and boom, yeah. nothing. Yeah. So And some can make it. There have been a few that make it through and they're still good, right? Yeah. But it's just, it's few and far between. Yeah. Let me go back to Beethoven. That guy, that guy was a nut job too, so. Yeah. I don't know. It takes all kinds, I guess. But anyway, so uh, to, to wrap it all up, to wrap it all up. Drinking does have some benefits. Those benefits are likely only in a societal way. So uh, a a group cohesion, um, friendship developing, trust developing, like these are all things that would happen in, you know, quote unquote, I know you love it when I say, but sort of a tribal way, right? Got one in. I had to get it. I had to get it in. <laughs> um, but Haberman talks about, I mean, there's. If he you, went if, if too you deep have, in the negativity. If you have one, you know, every once in a while, you're yep. talking, okay, you're getting out with friends once a month or once every couple months. And you have a couple. Yeah. That's not going to do that damage. No, but not if at you're, all. you have a consistent pattern. And there's ways to mitigate that damage, right? Like being healthy. A majority of yep. the rest of the time huge key is huge going to key. mitigate a lot of that damage. You, there are some great drinking supplements out there. Drink well, W-E-L, D-R-I-N-K-W-E-L, drink well. Order it. It's fucking great. What's you that? take a three-pill packet before you start drinking with a glass of water, and then when you get done drinking, you take another three-pill packet with a glass of water, and it has got D-B, milk thistle, niacin, N-acetylcysteine, and a bunch of other shit in it. That is great for your liver health, great for your brain health. Like it is basically a hangover supplement all in its own. And then a lot of what happens from drinking is dehydration. So getting your um, fluids and yeah. your. What are the other things that go in water? My brain is like basically cashed. I've been going since 6 a.m. and it's 4 p.m. here, guys. I've been like electrolytes, electrolytes. So um, getting your electrolytes in the next day are going to be huge. Um, You're going to get a hangover if you drink too much, no matter what. But all of these things can help a little bit. Hmm. Which which makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at drink well right now. Wow. Pretty good. I actually need to order more because I just I just finished my last packet a few weeks ago when we went up to Green Bay for work. Oh, I'm actually uh, proud of my uh, proud of my daughter. I was cleaning out the uh, basement fridge and I actually there's one of these in there. See, which uh, yeah, she's yeah, my I'm proud of my kids. I mean, they're very health conscious. They grew up to be very health conscious. So when my daughter does go out to you know drink with her friends, uh, she's really responsible. She used to like bring the electrolytes along, yeah, and drink that. So, uh, proud of her. I have to look this up, but it doesn't. There's no magic pill for this. Please don't. If if you're 340 no. pounds out of shape, 
this is not going to be the magic pill that keeps so, you healthy. So here's where I'm at. Uh, drink, having a few drinks once in a while socially is not going to fucking kill you. It's not going to hurt you extreme. It's going to cause yeah. a little bit of damage. But if you are an otherwise healthy person, the other 29 days a month or the other, you know, for 13 days every two weeks or whatever it is, right? Yeah. If you're an otherwise healthy person the rest of the time, your body is malleable and you are going to be able to deal with a lot of this damage. If you're at 97% of, you know, your best and you are healthy the rest of the time, you are going to be 10 steps ahead of any of the other people that are at their legitimate shittiest 60% most of the time. Correct. Yeah. Drinking alone, drinking at home all the time, drinking habitually and drinking to excess. And so this is where like, yes, I make money on people that drink. It's really, really sad to see people on a Monday morning that are coming to a liquor store to get their three shots or their five shots or their pint. It, I fucking hate it. It is my the least favorite part of my job. I see people die. Like I have displays that are still there because there was one person that was drinking a ton and then they died. And then that product is just sitting there because they were the one that was consuming the majority of it. That's oh. fucking sad. Yeah. So oh. if my income, if I had to find some other way to make income or my income went down because people were getting healthier, so be it. Like, I would rather have you guys healthy. I would rather have you getting squared away. I would rather have you working on yourself and improving yourself because we need everyone to do that to make this world a better place. Good. Awesome. Yeah. That is a wrap. <laughs>